Hi, my name's Oscar. This is my dad's podcast. Hi, and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 21. Uh, had a chat with Jesse Sheehan, um, young guy who's uh, reco- already recorded his debut full-length album, but it hasn't come out yet. Um, he's just released a new single. He's got a couple of EPs in the can. Um, but this guy's extraordinary. Not only is he a great, great talent, and I think you know we're going to see and hear big things from him, which is sort of why I wanted to talk to him now and get a bit of an understanding about where he's at. But he's already very much an in-demand session player. He's... Um, he toured the world um, in his very early 20s with Neil Finn, sort of hand-picked. Neil Finn's actually produced his album, uh, Jesse's album. And then uh, he's moved to England now and um, got the call to, to um, be the guitarist in Dave Dobbin's band when Dave was touring, and then that's uh, ended up, he's just been back in the country um, playing the shows with Dave as the opening act and, and again as part of the band. So I don't want to spoil it too much, but he says, you know, I never really thought about getting into this as any kind of session player but I've sort of got this sideline happening where I'm a session player but um yeah great young guy you know um full of full of musical ideas and 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 really keen to work just turns up plays the show goes busking um you know makes his own way to gigs and well no gig too small too big kind of thing just not daunted um so yeah I found him really interesting to talk to in fact uh, I think it's one of the very first um, interviews he's had, certainly certainly the longest interview he's had. Um, and uh, I had to break the news to him that when he turned up, we recorded this the day that the world found out about Prince dying. And so uh, as part of our simple greeting, he said, oh, how's things? And I said, well, it's been a busy morning. Uh, you've probably heard. And he hadn't. So I sort of broke the news to him that Prince died. So... Um, yeah, that was a strange, a strange breaking of the ice, but um, we we really needed our sponsor Lafare to get us through uh, with our coffees that day. So thanks also to Yeasty Boys who give us some beer. So um, yeah, have a listen to this. It's Jesse Sheehan talking about what he's done so far, and as I say, he's, he puts many of us to shame. Um, and he's still only in his twenties. He seems to have achieved so much in his early twenties. So have a listen. This is me chatting with Jesse Sheehan. You were at Wellington College, mm-hmm. and people first heard of you as the Jesse Sheehan. Oh God, we are going back now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you've ditched yeah. that. <laughs> well, that was just a high school thing. Right? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. No one, no one needs to be yeah, held yeah. to what they did <laughs> at high school. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you what I remember. Yeah, that was funny actually. That was because I, um, yeah, it was quite pivotal actually in a way because I was. Mm. Um, because you won, you run Rock Quest or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I played in sort of rock bands in high school, and I entered with those bands into Rock Quest the yeah. years before. Yeah. And then they were all a year older than me. So in my last year of college, um, they'd all gone to university. Some had gone to music school, some otherwise. And so I was just like, oh well, I'll enter as just an acoustic guitar and singing, and I'm not going to get anywhere. So I just kind yeah. of joked around on the form and put the Jesse Sheehan, yeah. and then it kind of ended up kind of backfiring a little bit because <laughs> I kind of got quite far, and then people knew me as the Jesse Sheehan. Yeah, so. yeah. So I dropped that pretty quickly. It's just Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, little Jesse. And the only other thing I guess I really know about you, apart from having seen you play, and and some of the things we'll get into because you've played with a couple of. Um, Two of argue, pretty much the two great Kiwi music icons, really, or two of the great icons. So we'll talk mm. about that. But um, is that 
you're related to Rian Shan, mm-hmm. who I from last night. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So who um, who who I've also who's a friend and who I've talked to on the podcast and yeah. who I know is immensely proud of what you're doing, and you guys do very different yeah. things. Um, but so tell me, and he's told me a couple of stories about you. He's told me, basically, <laughs> he's that the the they're so good that they're glowing. They're like doting stories. Oh. He's he's basically said, well, he's uh, a very kind man. He he is very generous. He is, but uh, and he, and yeah. he's very talented. But he mm. said um, words to the effect of he he basically could remember you being very good with music from the youngest age. So tell me about how you got into music and he basically said not just playing but like you were interested in a broad range of music early on so where did you get into it and who enabled you uh well you know i had family like rian yeah that helped yeah obviously and i remember growing up with rian's albums and rian's music i used to listen to it when i went to sleep so i I love rian's music i grew up with it yeah Uh, but also my parents were both my dad's irish and my mum's ukrainian yeah they're both musicians they were both well they they have real jobs as well yeah 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 (laughs) um but they both they both play music and working working musicians Yeah. yeah 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 strong kind of folk tradition on both sides wow. I grew up with and they played in folk bands and so I went to folk festivals and they were playing and so I was sort of surrounded by music yeah. all my life wow and so, you grew up in Wellington yeah yeah, yeah. So Wellington folk festival and stuff and my dad sort of started teaching me guitar around you know the age of six or seven so so yeah I've had it basically my whole life yeah wow and yeah. so when did you know that you were going to do something with music when did you get into was it not until high school that you started yeah. doing the band thing and well the beautiful thing about high school and that age and those competitions and things is that I am um, well actually no not the competitions the beautiful thing about high school is that you kind of like I didn't think about it at all I mm. kind of just like when I was writing songs mm. um, you know the first few songs that I wrote whatever they were just like there was no conception of you know where is this going to take me or you know what what box does this fit into yeah it was just like completely i wanted to write yeah. that song yeah and so this this and recently i've actually been sort of trying to get back to that kind yeah. of way of thinking it's really yeah. hard when yeah. you're kind of actually in the industry and you have all these different pressures but you're sort of like okay well i actually need to get back to that thing so um um when i got into it probably i mean you know those competitions play at strange and rock quest and stuff i mean I, they they definitely gave me you know, confidence to go in and do it, and at the time as well, I just joined the band, the Electric Confectioners. Yeah, I don't know if you remember them. I do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played yeah. guitar for them for six months. That's or right. Um, before they broke up, so yeah. I played right at the end. Yeah. Um, Killed them off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, that was a that's a weird story. Right. Um, yeah, so I kind of just got into it through there, and then I just sort of kept going. I mean, there had been a. I'm not sure when the moment was that I said I'm definitely going to do it because there's been a bunch of moments where I've just never mm. given up so, mm. Mm. so I kind of like continuously have those moments where I'm like should I be doing this? Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. How old are you? 24. Yeah that's that's mm. uh, I don't usually ask people that outright but the, the reason I wanted to ask you that was and that's about how old I thought you were was so you were what 21, 22 when you are on stage with Neil Finn? 20. 22. 22. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah. So, um, before we get to that, so you, you do the Jesse Sheehan and then you drop that and decide to just be Jesse. Mm-hmm. And you put out an EP yeah. after the Electric Confectioners. Yeah. And you put out an EP and you play some shows. 
Yeah. Do some stuff. Yeah. Put out another EP. Put out another. Thing. Yeah. And yeah. And then, short. It feels like shortly after that you're on a stage with Neil Finn. Or in a rehearsal with Neil Finn. Yeah. Like what, so what happens in sure between? looking back on it, but yeah, it yes. About, it's, it's about four years. You okay. In there, okay. You know, Eighteen So what's ha- what's happening in those years? Writing songs, playing. Oh. What else? Yeah. Just um, just yeah, just playing as much as I could and forming a band and kind of yeah, just slogging away, doing those EPs, doing all that stuff, playing with different people, um, trying to trying my best to to get out there and not successful until that point well the thing I think the thing that first made me think wow this guy's got something and is dedicated and and interested and focused was and I think it's when I first met you was when Sylvie Simmons was in town for that Leonard Cohen thing um, over in the Wairapa and I was interviewing her and there were a bunch of people doing songs Leonard Cohen songs a bunch of New Zealand Musicians, and yeah. you were one of them. And the guy who organised that, Mark, said to me afterwards that you'd basically, because you were living in Auckland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd basically he basically said um, that you had, I think maybe even contacted him about it, but you'd you know basically paid your own way to go down mm. to do it to be there. Yeah. Um, and that. Yeah, um, that that was that was really interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, it it showed, you know, I knew you were young, and I thought, man, when I was twenty, twenty one, whatever, I wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't think to do that. Yeah. So what were you thinking? <laughs> what 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 was the what was the focus there? Was it that you um, loved Leonard Cohen so much? Did think, you did yeah, you want to put a CD of... in Sylvie Simmons's hand? Did you want to? We didn't make any use of that really. Um, and when I say we, I mean yeah. me and my manager Rodney. Yeah. Um, which was really dumb. Yeah. She was like, seemed to be quite interested. We just, yeah. we, we didn't do anything to her. That was stupid. Um, but no, I, I can't really remember. It was a few years ago. I remember being really interested in the event just because, um, yeah, I am a huge Leonard Cohen fan. Yeah, and right. I wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, and I think Rodney just suggested it. And I was yeah. like, okay, let's, let's do it. Yeah. So it was, it was about just really that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So tell me how you hooked up with Rodney. I mean, you were young to have a manager too. And he's um, and he's and he's a guy who's got good skills and good ears. Rodney's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rodney's really, really great. Yeah, and um, yeah, we've been working together a long time. So we've been helping me with a lot of things. Um, but he he saw. I think I, he might have a different story. I, we've never really talked about it, but um, I think he saw Grandma's Cookies, mm-hmm. which was the first song I got funding for and that I put out on my first EP mm. about four years ago. And he. Um, he listened to that and got in contact with me and I knew him as well because yeah. I played guitar for um, a Sony artist uh, called Anna Mac yep. um, and so I met him through that Right. Uh, so he sort of knew of me he saw that song he knew that I was just kind of putting a song out of the ether with nothing yeah. Yeah. and he was like, sort of wanted to get in touch and then yeah, yeah. work together since so yeah. cool. he even his family has moved to because I've obviously moved to London so that um, was um, and so his family have moved to Brighton yeah. So he's sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of splitting his time between yeah here and there because he's got yeah, which is, which is amazing. So I'm yeah, his family and stuff. I've babysit right. children, so, right. so, so we're, we're tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> he's got Annie Kamara yeah. on his books as well. Yeah, and I take it he has some others or has had some others. Is it just you two are the main? 
yeah, focus no, now, I suppose. Well, because he obviously he was doing. Um, I don't know how much he'd want me to talk about his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should ask him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was an A and R guy. At yes. Sony. Yeah. Um, and with with his management stuff, it's uh, yeah, it's just me and Anika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, how do we get to Neil Finn then? Um, well, I I still don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it was it's a, I think a few a few different things. I mean, as I said, there, there was that kind of four year period. Yeah. After high school, and in that time, I was I wasn't just doing my music. I was also playing guitar for a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met a lot of people, and I was working with like Kerry Furlong had done. Um, I played guitar in bands that he'd done sound for, and he'd actually done sound at my. Even though he's, you know, Neil Finn's touring sound guy, you know, for me, for you know, a, a venue for fifty mm. people or whatever, um, and I couldn't even pay him. I gave him like some beers to <laughs> sound for me, so he's such wow. a legend. So I, I knew um, uh, people like Kerry and people like Digger, uh, yeah. Ron Johnson and stuff, um, and so I'd sort of worked with them before, who all work with Neil. Uh, and then Rodney was talking to Neil about setting up some songwriting sessions. So I think my name just came up a few times. Like Neil yeah. sort of was like, you know, looking for band members and a couple of people he asked, they mentioned my name. So I got an audition and then I did the audition and I got the audition and then a week later I was doing a gig with him. Wow. And because, I, I, yeah, I guess I know, what I've noticed with Neil is he takes a break between tours and he does seem to always come back with a new band. Like he, yeah. re- he reinvents himself that way. So mm, mm. timing was obviously cosmic in the sense yeah. that he put together pretty much a hot, well, it was a whole new band, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had, that was so lucky to do that. It was amazing. I've had Lisa um, Tomlins on the podcast cool. as well. So we talked a little bit about, um, yeah, obviously your name came up within that. We are talking about touring with Neil and the Neil band so yeah. I'd like to get some of your sort of stories and experiences about that I mean Neil has huge mana in New Zealand music mm. he's uh, you know he, he's, he is our most successful musician yeah. internationally most oh, recognised and you don't really realise that when, you, when you're just here in New Zealand that that's yeah. really incredible I, I mean that really blew me away actually it seems like he's the least famous in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, because um, he's because he's yeah. pretty understated, you know. Like, yeah. and it seems that way. I mean, yeah. I don't know him, but my understanding is he's pretty low key for a guy as big as he is. Yeah, he's um, he's yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he is. He's incredibly generous and amazing. Yeah, and everyone. So much, so much love for him. But I mean, low key is definitely not a word I would use to words right. I would use to describe okay. him okay. Um, uh, low key in the sense that he's not um, he's not at all arrogant in terms of uh, his I training. think that's what I mean yeah um, yeah yeah but, uh, but very intense in terms of sure. the way he uh, approaches music well I think incredibly like I've never yes. I've never met anybody ever who is um, as dedicated to music as Neil is and dedicated to to the song oh, look I've picked that up from, his, I've picked that up from yeah. watching him play over the years yeah. you can see his his demeanour on stage yeah he I've seen him play you know in a few different configurations yeah I've seen the Split Ends reunion the Crowded House and, and a bunch of times him with Tim or him with whichever band yeah and he spots whenever anything is not quite right yeah. in the moment you know and he's very 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 good at improvising um, yeah. you know and all of this sort of stuff, and you can see just yeah. how good he is when you watch him live. Oh, totally, absolutely. and yeah. you only need to follow him on Twitter to know that he's not low key. Yeah, in in in, in some sense of the word too. But I, yeah. I just mean, I guess I mean sort of quite humble and yeah, you know he is. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about the song 
for him it's the, that was the real really inspiring thing I think I mean we as the as the band we you know the rehearsals were far from low key <laughs> yeah right in terms of like um, yeah, they were really quite stressful basically when I joined the band um, you know I had a girlfriend at the time and that sort of just it was I just kind of completely I didn't see her I didn't see anybody I just was practicing you know we'd had rehearsal um, you know 10 to 6 in the day and then you know wow. for a few hours before I'd be practicing all the way after I'd be practicing and then we'd come in and um, and it would be very very critical on every single aspect of everything and wasn't and, there some was, wasn't there some like live to air thing even before you guys had done a gig there was some like yeah there was an hour and a half yeah yes, that's I remember started. watching that and I think that was um, yes, it was certainly before the New Zealand tour, and I think it was before you. It was a week before. and a half bef- before I joined the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. I, when I did the audition, I didn't have any guitar pedals. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. I just had sort of learnt the course of the songs. It was yeah. a very, very sort of simple audition. Um, and then I was given this humongous pedal board that I'd never, you know, <laughs> I'd lost the pedals. I had no idea how to work them. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, a week and a half later, it was an hour and a half set on live Australian television. Yeah. So the whole thing was, uh, it was incredible. It was such a learning experience. And you realise, I don't know, the, the, he, on stage, he, he is loose and is able to improvise. Mm. Um, and it's kind of the perfect way of doing it. And then having the rehearsal as the, that's the hard work time. And, yeah, yeah. And that was a... Uh, that was inspiring because you know I played with a lot of people who are really great, but like well, that's yeah. that logic, isn't it? You can you can throw the rule book book out once you know all the rules. You yeah, can, you yeah. can you can ignore yeah. what you're supposed to do so long as you know how to do what you're supposed to do. Because then yeah. you can yeah exactly yeah exactly because then you can jump between the two basically, which is yeah. what he does. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and remind me who was the drummer on that tour Alistair, Alistair. yeah because yeah, yeah. he's Alistair. fucking great yeah, he's so good eh? yeah yeah and yeah, so yeah. Who, who, he's played with a bunch of people but yeah I'm trying to remember what um, else I know him from he has um, a band called well his solo project is called Boy Crush yeah don't know if you know yeah, that yeah um, which is well it's really just him I think mm. he has uh, Chelsea J play with yeah. him um, when he does it live he plays with um, Carnivorous Plant Society yeah Um Oh, he's done lots yeah, of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's, yeah, he's got such good feel. Yeah, no. yeah. It was a, it was a privilege to play with those guys. Eh? It was a good, it was a good band. Yeah. And I saw the show in the Opera House. Yeah. Um, and you guys went overseas first, right, and then came. Yeah, yeah. Through so yeah. the Opera House show was fun actually. It was great. Yeah. yeah it was really great. So, yeah. I think it was my first time. Oh, well, was the first time seeing Neil. In quite a while for for, oh. for anyone in New Zealand, I think. I mean, yeah. but it's certainly the the first time seeing a Neil Finn show for a long time because I think he'd done Crowded House for a bit again. Yeah. And um, but so you see, you mentioned it was interesting finding out how big he was overseas. Yeah. What was it like playing those shows overseas? What was it? Oh, it was incredible. Well, you know, they, they were huge for one. You know, because well, that's what I mean. Because they're going to be bigger than yeah. New Zealand shows too, right? Yeah, like three thousand capacity yeah. theaters and. Yeah. Um, just, just the kind of the level of adoration. Well, especially, you know, it also just depends on styles. I mean, I think New Zealand fans you know, still really adore him, but you know, in America, yes. it's a different kind of. Well, fandom um, is different. Fandom is different, exactly. So, yeah. you know, there was much, you know, no matter who it is, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more sort of loud and kind yes. of stopping him on the street. Yeah. And, you know, really wanting to meet him afterwards and big lines and things yeah. and just kind of a that kind of. That kind of thing, just crazy. Yeah. Did you feel, and maybe maybe it will happen down the track a bit. I guess when when you, when your album comes out and stuff. But 
did you feel some buy-in from his audience to you as well to what you're doing yeah in different places actually well yeah. Yeah, as I, um, mainly in um, in England yeah which is, a, which is one of the big reasons I did <laughs> yeah yeah actually. yeah right um, I felt yeah yeah for some reason um, but in general as well yeah it was really nice well because he sort of did he allowed all of us kind of um, our space as well on stage so mm. we were kind of able to um, express ourselves as musicians so that was that was quite nice um, uh, you know obviously it is it was all about him but he did allow you know the other musicians some kind of a little bit of limelight as well so um, that did help me a lot sure. yeah I remember talking about that with mm. Lisa and we sort of mm. were saying like that was the great thing about that band was that you were playing Neil's songs and you all cared about Neil's songs and he was the star but you, yeah. you all got your little moment to yeah. not, not only just shine within the context of a Neil Finn show mm. but we could see your musical personality yeah you know, we could see who you were yeah, yeah um, absolutely with, really with, nice. with everyone I think on that yeah. in that band yeah um yeah. So the Neil tour is quite long. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was like All forty up. shows. Yeah, yeah, around wow. America and England and Europe and Australia, and obviously New Zealand. We did one show in Dubai. Apparently, they paid for most of the tour. Right, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so, was this your first time playing overseas? Um, at all? Obviously, on that scale, it is. But of it, course, um, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. you know, because. To me, I remember um, seeing you play shortly after that tour, seeing you play solo and thinking, and in fact, in fact I, I was talking to Rian in the audience that night um, But and, uh, and after that show, but just thinking, man, does this guy know what an opportunity he's had? Mm. And, and Rian was like, yes, I think that's one of the wonderful things about Jesse is he totally knows yeah. what an opportunity it is. You know, like he doesn't think, oh yeah, everyone gets that. Yeah, or, you know, you know, absolutely. No, no, I, I felt really, really, really blessed to have that. It was amazing. Um, it was almost the the only thing was really after that was thinking, what do I do now? Yeah, you know? and that is something I thought of on tour as well. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah. I, I realized there's a major come down from this. Well, there, oh, absolutely, because there <laughs> there's a come down from doing any project. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think as well, this, anyway, it was so but, sudden as well. So yes. as I say, you know, I did. The, well, even getting the call that I had an audition was about mm. a week before the audition. Yeah. And I got it, and then we were doing it, and then we were just on tour, and we had the tour bus, and we had everything. And then, yeah, a few months later, it was over, so it was crazy. Because you'd, you'd have gone mm. about what you're doing in a slightly different way now, but you'd have kept mm. going about what you were doing if you'd just got that audition and not got the job. You'd still be making music. You'd still yeah. be charging on doing... Yeah. And you'd still have an incredible story. I auditioned yeah. for Neil Finn. Yeah, I didn't get the job, but I auditioned for him. Yeah, I was twenty-two. Yeah, people would that would be an interview story. People would be like, "Wow, you know." <laughs> um, but you got the gig. Yeah, did the gig, and Neil worked with you on your music. Yeah, yeah, he did. So he's produced my debut album. Um, we did it about a year and a half ago. Mm. Um, I was going to say it's been a, at least a year, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've just been sitting on it. So, God, yeah, we'll, yeah. Talk, we'll talk a bit more about Neil's yeah. involvement, but. That again, you know, you're a, you're a digital native. You're a you're you're yeah. a guy with everything at your fingertips and wanting yeah. to know everything straight away. How have you been able to sit on something for so long and not want to see it out in the world? Oh man, I want to see it out in the world so badly. <laughs> no, it's been it's been hard, man. It's been really really hard. Um, I've yeah, Rodney's been good at that in terms of just like holding me back because really what I wanted to do was just put it out online yeah. and yeah. all that stuff, but. Um, but we do have some good stuff happening now, which is good. Like in London, 
I've built up a little bit. You know, I've been playing a lot of shows. I've been doing like three or four shows a week. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of like mainly um, solo shows. I do yeah. a band over there. Um, and I have a sort of little niche of people now who come to my shows that I can release the album to. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Zealand, we have um, a, a single coming out in a few weeks, and we're we'll yeah. releasing it here um, in a few months. So, so it does feel good that we've waited. Actually, now, yeah. now that now that we have waited, well, now you it can. Feels it's good. light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Or whatever. Now you know. Exactly. And I'm very, very proud of the record. I think it's a really good record. So I'm, um, I'm very excited to have oh, it. Oh, that's cool. And so yeah. Neil produced it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you obviously learned to take instruction from him mm. in his band. Yeah. Um, and he has absolute rights to tell you, no, this is how you play that. This That's is, right. This is what you do. You're doing this wrong. And yeah. as you said, he's very intense. Yeah. And... <laughs> in a good way. In a good... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you know, and, and, and arguably correct, because yeah. the guy makes great music. Yeah. And he gets it right more often than he gets it wrong. Yeah. Um, but then what's it like to take instruction from him as a producer is it the, yeah well, I the guess dynamics was, obviously quite different yeah. yeah yeah. and so that was um, that was interesting for sure because um, as you say you because know, it's band, your music not yeah, his you mean, exactly. you're a hired hand so yeah. as much of a thrill as it is and, and you get your moment you're mm. there to do a job exactly. and it's this guy's vision and you're just helping him Yeah. And this record is your vision and, yet, with, and yeah. yet he's helping you put your vision into that's right yeah um, I and mean, he was, pre- yeah, no, he was very good about that. I mean, we definitely had moments where um, there was a few moments where uh, I didn't agree with Neil. Yeah, and that was hard actually because it was hard on a few levels. Well, mm. one because it's hard to to say that to Neil, but also two because it's like hard to actually like do you believe in yourself enough to, to talk to someone like Neil it's because he's exactly as you say. You yeah. Know, so. Um, so that was quite it's really great to back yourself and follow your own vision but at the same time it's got to be very hard to tell yeah. the, the country's most successful songwriter yeah. no your idea isn't as good as my idea for this song yeah. I, want, I want to keep it how I already had it <laughs> yeah yeah well I think it's yeah but it's not even about you know whose idea is better as well at the end yeah. of the day I kind of thought at the end I was like you know well even if I am wrong I still want to make a record that I stand by and that I made those that decisions that I wanted to make you know? yeah yeah because um no matter who it is, you know, like you could, as, especially as a young artist, you know, you can always feel like people who are older and more experienced know more than you, mm. and uh, maybe they do, but you still kind of um, there's still something. I don't know. There would, there would be something dishonest about doing that, and I feel like um, so. So, I, so there were there were a few moments where I where I did kind of say, okay, well, even if I am wrong, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stick by this. And, well, again, Neil, so, yeah, n- Neil can arguably have just about anyone that he wants play in his band kind of thing yeah and he chose you for yeah reasons something he saw in you and one of the things I think again Neil's always been really good at with his bands is is not just changing them up and bringing in new elements but he he seems to get a lot from younger players he seems to want to tap into the youth and Obviously, yeah. you're living testament to the fact that he he inspires them, yeah. but he's clearly taking something from from yeah. you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Wow. So, Neil Finn produces your record. Yeah. You, you go on tour with Neil Finn. Shortly after that, you move to England. Mm-hmm. Really, quite quickly. Yeah. 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 And um, that is because, essentially. Well, I mean, I, I, you, you you felt some heat there, like it was. It well, was, it was it going was, well. Well, sort it was of. Some no, interest. 
that probably, if I was being honest, wasn't the main reason. I um, that was a happy a, coincidence. A good, yeah, it was sort of a good um thing as well. But yeah. uh, but I, I did really want to move. I've been wanting to move for a while. And, you, you uh, feel you'd and outplayed so. New Zealand in a sense. Well, maybe. You know, I don't mean arrogantly, but just yeah. like you, you know, everyone has that right. That's making music here is. Uh, if they want to get anywhere else, they have to actually go somewhere else. Yeah, after yeah, a yeah. While. Yeah, I think so. And, and also, I think it's just this sort of. Um, I did feel with the record, and I felt with um, the type of music that I make and the gigs I was playing, I did feel that the um, the London market was going to be better for me yep. as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's more people. There's more of a place to kind of just really carve out a niche. And I've I've found that that's absolutely true. So it's been really really great. Yep. So as I say, you know, I'm playing I'm playing a whole lot more than I was in New Zealand, and that's just because so big and there are so many venues yeah. um, and there's so many more people so you, whatever kind of music you're making you'll find a little community yeah. of people who like it and that's yeah. kind of great yeah. um, so I've definitely found, I found I've also found some of those old songs have taken on um, you know a new life over there like some of the songs from the old EPs one of them's just got to play on um, BBC2 I'm doing the Larry show yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah like those songs that I used to play here and they didn't really get much heat they're sort of over, over in the UK so market they're, yeah so they're fresh again because they're, they're, they're fresh you're, and, you're playing them to fresh ears exactly they're fresh again and, and seem to be getting a, a better reception so, so, that so I do, feel, you I do to, feel quite good in London yeah 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 and you mentioned playing a lot and you're playing a lot of different things and you're doing yeah what's, so, what sort of shows well um, range wise the, well, you know, I, ha- I have my band there. Yeah. Um, who are some of the Kiwis, it's the old drummer from um, Odessa. Yeah. Yep. And some English guys. Um, so I'm doing some shows with them, um, you know, venues mainly around like central London, like around yep. Hackney and Camden and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm just doing a lot of solo shows just everywhere, like acoustic nights and things. When I first got there, I played um, basically just every open mic that there was. Yeah. So um, that's how I met people. I didn't know anybody when I moved yeah, to London. Yeah. So I just played, you know, yeah. You know, most nights a week I'd be doing an open mic, and I still do those sometimes. So if I don't have a gig on, I'll go do that. But but it's good. There's, there's a lot of places to play, a lot of places to kind of carve out your thing. You've done some street busking there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah no, so yeah, of course. And I busk um, most days. I um, when I first got to London, I just got ridiculously broke really fast. Yeah. Like in the first few months, and I was sort of like, oh crap, I've done these like farewell kind of. Yeah, yeah. Shows. I can't come, and can't now I'm come sneaking back. Come back. Well, I thought I might <laughs> yeah, have to. Eh? Yeah. And I was really quite. I was really quite like mm. on the, you know, fell on my face quite hard. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, which is yeah, which I'm really grateful for because it was sort of it was worth it was worth going through that and, and climbing back up. Um, but I to get through that stage, I just had my guitar. I was like, well, I need to go make some money. So when I'm busked. And I hadn't really busked before ever. I never oh, busked right. in New Zealand, wow. um, yeah. but it was cool. And now I've kind of made it a bit of a thing. Actually, yeah. it's good. I've got some proper gear, and it's actually a really fun way of making money yeah, and yeah. connecting with people as well. It's really really nice. And are you managing yeah. to dodge the Ed Sheeran comparisons? Um, <laughs> or are they? I deal with them one by one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not making one myself. I, I, oh, that's good. No, I was. You know, every sort of every opportunity that I get seems um, slightly. Um, steep with that I, I yes. was playing on um, a South Bank and this really great thing happened where um, uh, John Holmes walked by and, and I don't know if you saw that on talk no. radio okay um, he asked me to come and play on a show and yeah. on talk radio in yeah. the UK which was great um, so I did this thing it was really really cool 
Um, and then the headline was um, move over Ed Sheeran there's a new star or oh whatever. I might have seen and that headline like, actually but yeah like, yeah you know, it's great yeah. that I get this opportunity but like yeah. god damn it's so annoying <laughs> I even thought about changing my name actually but I decided screw it I think he's younger than me so I was Jesse Sheen first so, <laughs> so he can get a new he can change his name <laughs> he might become the Ed Sheeran yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you've been in London for how long? A year. A year, exactly, mm. pretty much exactly. Yeah. And so at some point in London, you get the call to hook up with Dave Dobbin. He's over there to do some shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I knew um, Lorraine Barry managed the Electric Fictioneers. Oh, right, yeah, okay. So I met her then. That's Dave's man- manager. Then that's Dave's yeah. manager, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, right, so she, you, you got the call from her. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Rodney, my manager, yeah. um, works with her as yeah, well yeah. so that was obviously a big factor so yeah. I know Lorraine and, yeah yeah and so we, we sort of um, she's so, fantastic she, yeah she is fantastic yeah and so um, so yeah they just knew I was over there and that was cool and that all worked out it was really fun that was with um, Ross played drums I take it yeah and um, was it Alan from I the lo- Mutton Birds? oh yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so that was a that's a, a dream team oh yeah no and playing with playing with Ross and Alan is an absolute um it's yeah. a dream, eh? I mean, Ross, yeah, Ross is fearless. I think Ross is my favourite drummer I've ever played. I think yeah. it's hard to pick a favourite. Yeah. It's even hard to pick a favourite New Zealand drummer because we have mm. so many great drummers. But yeah. I feel like if I had to pick one New Zealand drummer who I love their feel. Yeah. And 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 I can tell when it's them playing. Yeah. And they have so many great signature parts. It's, yeah. It's Ross. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So definitely. he's... And... Not only uh, is, um, are they great players in, individually, but that's you and Dave playing with the actual rhythm section from the Mutton Birds. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So they were good shows. They were good shows. And mm. that's led to you coming over here now and yeah. doing some shows with Dave. Yeah. He's got, his, nice. he's got his new album out. Yeah. And that's great. And you're mm. doing a bunch of it's turned into more and more shows I take it like it seems yeah. to have grown into a little mini tour yeah yeah it's like a local kind of community tour it's, yeah it's really really nice yeah pop up shows um, with yeah Joe Barris on bass this time but yeah, yeah. really really good but yeah apart from that it's the yeah. uh, same three so yeah, yeah. So, so you've got um, and you're doing opening you've done some opening yeah, spots so from two I'm doing the opening slots and um, playing yeah. in the band yeah and so it's really really nice and as well just you know being away and coming back and getting to drive all around you know New Zealand and stuff is amazing so mm, I'm having a lot mm, of fun mm. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I'm sure they're very very different but Dave is the other great you know New Zealand songwriter I, yeah. I mentioned earlier when I said you've talked um, played with two of the all time greats mm-hmm. and the things that he shares in common with Neil is um that he's a great performer, mm-hmm. a great songwriter, and a, and a hell of a good guitar player. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. A, apart from anything else, there's lots yeah. of other great things that they both have. Um, so it must be pretty inspiring to you to get to work with him as well. Because oh, absolutely. essentially that's what you're becoming and trying to do, right? Yeah. You're, you're a guitar player. You yeah. play other instruments and you yeah. you don't rely on just playing guitar, but you're a good guitar player. Yeah. And that's something that you're fired up by. So. Mm-hmm what sort of things have you got from what, what what's Dave showing you or what have you picked up from him um well I mean he's um he just writes absolutely 
absolutely beautiful, incredible song. So, um, so just getting getting a chance to to really delve deeply into mm. what makes those songs great mm. um, has been a real real privilege. So, because you can't grow yeah. up in New Zealand without knowing those songs. Oh, you know, even I mean, I love them, and and, mm. and I'm sure you do. But even if you don't like them, you know them. You yeah, know what I mean? and same yeah. with Neil. Like, yeah. they really. That that's why they're two of the best known and best songwriters in the country. Their, their songs are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with Dave's audience is, um, it seems to be kind of yeah. And his songs, his catalogue, and his audience um, does kind of draw different people. You know, they're they're quite different. Like you get mm. people who sort of maybe they just know him as a as an icon, or they know the hits mm, that they the, come, the anthems. They come to kind of get really drunk and yeah. along to those and then you get the kind of music lovers who love his um, you know like love Twist and love all yeah. the kind of old um, the album tracks yeah exactly totally I mean he he ended up do, he ended up doing that um, best of double disc that he actually yeah. sort of compiled that way with yeah. the hits which were anthems and then like the the lesser known hits were all these great album tracks like Bell yeah. Tower yeah and yeah. Um, and he did he did a he did a tour around the country at the time and charged it was to celebrate 30 years or whatever from 1979 and so he charged $19.79 as the oh, price okay. yeah. everywhere he went which was pretty awesome yeah. big, big big shows Yeah, and played a bunch of things but pretty much did like the first set was r- rarities and album tracks Yeah, and the patience was rewarded for some people they got the hits at the end but for a lot of people they were you know I, I know for myself I loved that first set of hearing those things you didn't always get to hear yeah totally yeah. he's sort of yeah he's sort of a, he sort of not only has two audiences but he knows how to appeal to both yeah yeah it's true yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah. Um, you know yeah it's, it's been it's been absolutely amazing playing with him so I guess yeah, I learned from you know just delving into those songs but also just uh, um, his level um, his level of performance on stage just every night as well you know because mm. you can perform and be onto it some nights and some nights you maybe I don't know you're not as onto it, but he's kind of he kills you every time. So. so, are you working in London as well, or are you managing um, to with the busking and that? You're mainly just busking. I have a part-time job at Greenpeace, yeah, um, which is like uh, just twelve hours a week. Yeah, um, it's like you know, hey, you know, you've just joined up to Greenpeace, and I say, hey, yeah. Simon, you've just joined Greenpeace. You're the man. <laughs> basically, my job. Um, so, so not really. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good going. Yeah. Uh, that you can, you know, survive mostly off music and and yeah. The, yeah, it's not bad at all. The thing that's interesting to to me too about what you're what you've ended up doing because I'm not sure this was entirely the goal, but you're becoming, well, you are, and you're becoming a solo artist. But you've also ended up through this Neil Finn and Dave Dobbin connection. You're a sideman as well, and a lot of you know that, yeah. that that to me seems to be a really great skill that maybe not enough solo artists learn you know yeah. like they either are the front person of a band or they're a solo artist and they never quite know learn how to keep their ego in check yeah yeah it was certainly never the goal I mean I find the whole fact that I've kind of become a session guitarist yeah. really strange yeah really strange and I sort of feel like I'm constantly I feel like a fraud that's I'm always constantly going to be found out um, because I, I'm certainly like you know, I know I have friends who are kind of like always playing, you know, that's their thing, they're guitar players and they like have their metronome on and they're practicing this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Like I never do that. I sit yeah. around at home and I write songs. I play a lot of music. Yeah. Um, but it's all it's all songwriting. Yeah. And yeah. so guitar and piano and all and singing and all that stuff, they're always for me they're vehicles for 
for my songwriting. Mm. Um, and so, so the fact that I've sort of become known as a, as a you know session guitarist or whatever, yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. kind of it's really <laughs> strange for me. So I'm sort of always always worried I'm going to get found out. So, uh, um, the irony is that then that makes you do your practice and then yeah then you, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. Um, and you um, what were the what are some of the sort of songwriters that you first hopped into obviously Leonard Cohen you, we, we talked about that and you said yeah. you went to that show because you're a Leonard Cohen fan so and yeah. as far as good songwriting good lyric writing goes you know he's he's one to yeah one to hold up high yeah yeah I discovered him when I was like 14 years old and he's sort of one of those people that um yes that's 10 years ago so um you know I've gone through different musical phases but he's been he keeps coming back absolute constant yeah and uh, And he's an important he's an important sort of guy I think for people to I feel like I was about the same age I reckon I was 13 14 when I really first hooked into into his work and Mm. and he you know, he's a constant in some sense, but I keep sort of having little phases coming back to him and marvelling over certain things within his work. He seems like a kind of important figure to discover as a teenager. Mm. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm not quite sure why, but I guess just you're really open to... And he, and he sort of doesn't fit any kind of conventional movement. No. You know, like he's making folk music-ish yeah. in the middle of the punk era. Yeah, just like he was ten years before that, and just like he goes on to do ten years after, and then yeah. okay, there's a little bit of synthesizers and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not really eighties music when he's making his stuff in the eighties. You know, no. it's so he doesn't yeah. because because of the fact that he's it's a strange kind of not so much a timelessness, but just completely out of yeah out yeah. of the zone of time is sort of how yeah. I see him. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I think there's definitely a timeless element to it, and what binds yeah. it all together is just a. Just great songs and great lyrics. Yeah, great yeah. Lyrics. So, who else were you like? Did you latch on to in those formative years? Um, oh, Jeff Buckley, Radiohead. Yeah. I and mean, you can you can hear that in your work, obviously. You oh can, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not yeah, not so much Jeff Buckley these days. Um, I still love Radiohead. Yeah. Um, and Tom York solo material actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but in those early years, that kind of yeah, that, that kind of vein of music. And actually, I was really into jazz as well. Yeah. Um, at high school, I was a total jazz head. In fact, I think if I had a couple of different, um, you know, experiences, I might have gone into be completely a sort of jazz guitar. Oh really? Ex- you know, because yeah. that was sort of you know, I went through that phase uh, that a lot of people go through, and some people um, don't get out of where you yeah. kind of think that jazz is the only music. Yeah, it's like, like real proper yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, um, And everything else is shit. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, like Wes Montgomery kind yeah. of? Yeah, Wes Montgomery yeah. was like my idol. And yeah. I, I used to, um, yeah, well, I mean, in terms of doing guitar practice, I think the, the only time I've really ever done real proper serious guitar study was in high school when I was yeah. sort of doing all that stuff. And I'd, I'd do a lot of practice then. And then... Um, and uh, and I, I wanted to be a jazz guitarist, and I, I tried to leave school a year early to go to jazz school yeah. in Wellington. Um, my music teacher wouldn't let me. She said, "You can do it as well, but we're going to keep you doing school so that you have your level three and doing things." So I did that, and mm. I, I just had a really um, not to put down the Wellington jazz school because I know that some people yeah, yeah. have a really good experience there. So yeah. I think it was definitely a personal thing, but I had a really bad experience there. I didn't yeah. like it at all. It almost put me off. No, no, well, it definitely it put me off jazz for a while, yeah, and it almost put me off music in general. It's right. Like, if this is what music is, I don't like it. It's yeah, yeah. no magic. It has no. Um, it wasn't for me. So, uh, so then I kind of just 
completely went off jazz and started doing the whole pop thing for a while and I've recently come back to listening to all those old guys I used to listen to and, and realising that it's, it's actually it is really beautiful music it's yeah. amazing yeah yeah that's yeah. the thing for me mm-hmm. too is just mm. I, I feel I'm sort of at the moment I feel like I'm in a big jazz phase bigger, mm. bigger than I've been for a while but it's you know it's been something that ever since a teenager I've always always kind of gone through and, yeah. and gone at and, and there's so much with it you know you could just dedicate your life to only listening to yeah. to jazz and not quite get through the bottom of it because there's so much Yeah. so it is hard to get across it all so what about the Beatles Bob Dylan those are you know the be- more those sort of Bob Dylan I never went like you know I love I do I do love Bob Dylan I went yeah. to see him live it was amazing yeah. in Hamilton um, and oh, so, just so I, I respect him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I never have gone through the kind of you know, it, you yeah, know he yeah. wasn't Leonard Cohen for me like yeah, he wasn't right. that kind of a, yeah. I didn't you know turn to him when I was really needing that kind yeah. of thing yeah. um, the Beatles definitely I love the Beatles um, and um, and so I've always I've always loved the Beatles but again like I've never never been that, that pivotal for me but, yeah. but I, I do love them I think they're probably the best songwriters in the world so. yeah I sort of feel like there's, there's been this sort of um wave lately of people sort of saying the Beatles are not that important and it's like oh, well, no, they are. I, yeah, I can handle people deciding they don't want to listen to them too much yeah but yeah they as far as pop music goes band pop music they wrote mm. the best pop songs yeah you know and yeah, no, in absolutely. terms of the sheer amount of hits yeah they have a better track record than anyone and, yeah. and that's not opinion that's history you know yeah. like you can't argue that no and, I think they're incredible absolutely yeah. and yeah. I, I actually really love um McCartney's solo albums afterwards oh. as well and a lot of people don't but I no I do too I, I do, do too yeah, yeah no I'm, a, I'm Paul McCartney all the way yeah yeah I love I love um, the Wings albums but I particularly love McCartney 1 and 2 they, oh awesome I love McCartney 2 too yeah a lot of people think it's terrible but I think it's no think it's, it's amazing I grew up on that record yeah, and yeah. I just um, Alistair got me into that actually oh yeah he played me on tour. there's yeah, quite yeah. a gang of Auckland musicians that love McCartney and particularly McCartney too mm. and um, and it's kind of it's been good to sort of hear that recently because yeah. yeah it felt like a guilty pleasure for a while yeah <laughs> I guess maybe to some people it still seems like it should be but yeah <laughs> I, I, I think of of the reissue series the, the best thing to happen in that McCartney reissue series was McCartney 2 coming out mm. again because people got a lot of people got to hear it for the first time yeah you know a lot of people didn't you know and it interesting sort of um interesting sort of time for him you know like it's right at the end of Wings breaking up yeah it's right you know it, it could have almost been a Wings record but it, he he goes a bit beyond that and he's clearly not really sure what the next phase of his career is going to be you know yeah. it sounds like a kind of beautiful mess you know yeah. like it's it's this and in that typical sort of um, weird and wonderful McCartney way there's some beautiful beautiful songs on there some gorgeous yeah. ballads yeah. and then there's just some fucking weird yeah. borderline dreck but he pulls it off yeah you know yeah, yeah there's something nice I think about that and sort of not setting too much of an intention and just having that kind of I see he played temporary secretary in London last year it's the first time he oh. ever played it live ever really? and now I see he played it again just the other day so really? it's like now that's made it into the set list finally yeah <laughs> that's kind of cool that is know? really cool I'd love to see him live yeah yeah. I think Neil did a gig with him at some point I don't know if you know about that but wasn't involved um, it was like wow. five years no. ago yeah, yeah, yeah. wow yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
missed Neil, out on that one. <laughs> Neil's pr- played with a lot of, you know. Yeah, no, he has indeed. Did you get stories from him about some of his experiences? No, I mean we. I met and got to play with some amazing people. We played. I played with Johnny Marr, who's like yeah. my favorite guitarist. Wow. Ever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Play, I got off guitar and I played keyboard strings in uh, Manchester. We played there as a light that never goes out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I still can't really believe that happened. Wow. Um, but yeah, so in terms of, he didn't, he didn't really talk about it, but yeah, met yeah. people. But you met people, um, yeah, because I was going to say, because Neil's uh, got that thing where wherever yeah. he goes, or if people are in town that he knows, they go on stage with him. Like, he's, yeah. he's cultivated that over the last few years, obviously, with the Seven Worlds thing and that. Yeah. But I remember reading about, I mean, the gig the gig that I, there's always one or two gigs you wish you saw, and, and, and the one that I really wish that I saw was back in the mid-90s, um, Suzanne Vega came to New Zealand, and I'm pretty mm. sure it's the only time she's been here. It was certainly the last time she was here. And um, I remember, I, I can still remember, like, verbatim quoting, reading this review that finished with her um, saying in the encore, um, I want to introduce to you one of the world's greatest songwriter uh, songwriters and the audience is kind of quiet and then she's like you should really be cheering he's one of your own and Neil Finn cruises out and they sung a medley of Crowded House songs at well, the end of her concert and she's always been one of my favourites oh my god and, wow. and, yeah. and the connection was that she was married to Mitchell Froome at the mm. time who produced the Crowded House yeah. re- um, records so there was that connection Yeah, but um and she obviously loved his music and stuff, but yeah, that's sort of you know he has that kind of power that, yeah. that he he can kind of pop up where he wants to, and people pop up with him. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's real integrity and real um, respect from yeah from all those people there. So, yeah, the Eddie Vedder as well was there. And, wow. So you yeah. played with him on yeah stage a couple of places. Wow. Seattle. And we, yeah. I, I take it you were some sort of Pearl Jam fan at some point, or um, were you a bit? Actually, not really. No, not <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but it was still because I. Oh me. yeah. Well, I was, and then I got completely over them. I was going to say maybe you're a bit young to. Uh, no, you know, I never really, to I, appreciate them in their in their heyday, but. Um, but he was such a he was just such a lovely guy. Cause yeah. Was, you know, even though. And yeah. he's a, he is an incredible singer. I mean, oh, absolutely. I remember. I remember. I didn't go. I've seen the footage, but I remember when Neil did that first Seven Worlds tour, mm. um, Seven Worlds Collide, and and a friend of mine was working on that show filming it and he said he said he'd never really liked Pearl Jam that much but hearing Eddie Vedder sing I think he sung Stuff and Nonsense oh yeah and he said hearing him sing that with just basically piano and Eddie singing that in this theatre and you could hear a pin drop and he reckoned it was like some of the most incredible live singing you ever heard wow yes, so, so he does sort of command that still yeah, yeah. Totally, totally, yeah totally I've never seen him before I never saw Pearl Jam and mm. I, now I wouldn't really want to but I kind of would have liked to have seen him do something yeah absolutely yeah. you know he's an amazing singer and, and also just yeah when we did that Australia because he came and sung on that Australian TV thing the first yeah. time we did yeah um, and he was just there and we were all way too kind of intimidated to <laughs> yeah. say anything to him yeah yeah and he just came over and he was like hey I'm Eddie like, yeah. what's your name so, He's a really, really, really nice guy. Wow, wow, yeah, those are definitely um, big names, and and yeah, in the case of Johnny Marr, I mean, he's well, jo- Johnny Marr was just ridiculous. I yeah, because he's so many people's favorite guitar player too. Because he he, he showcases, I guess, exactly what you're talking about the the guitarist as songwriter. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Rather, than, I mean, he's got the chops, but rather than being like a flashy soloist, he is. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything he does is serving the song. And mm. That's the kind of guitar playing I like for sure. Well, Neil so, yeah. and Dave yeah. both do that too, don't yeah, yeah. they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just had one small conversation with him. I think it was about guitar pedals, but that's wow. about. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> didn't even matter what we're talking about. I was like, I'm talking to Johnny Ma right now. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Wow. Hey, so I'm terrible though. I fanboy. I'm, I'm too much of a fanboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great though. Like, I think I think that's a, a good way to be. Yeah. You don't want to don't want to get too cynical. Trust, yeah, yeah. trust me. Um, <laughs> but but um, so what happens when you you wrap up the Dave Dolan tour and you go back to the UK? Um, well, I have a lot of gigs and then the, and then then the work begins on the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the pre-release single, and release. We're yeah. sing, releasing a single called Droplets on yeah. May thirteenth. Yeah. And then the album will come out sort of a couple, yeah, probably a couple of months later. But um, yeah. but in London, I will just be gigging, just yeah. be going out and just playing as many gigs as I can. Yeah. Uh, we've got some got some pretty good gigs, and yeah. yeah, trying to work that BBC Two thing and see what happens. And mm. then, will you uh, too early to have it organised? But I take it at some point you'll come back to New Zealand to tour the record. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And during that, I, as I, I did a gig in... Maybe Auckland. call in some favours, get Dave Dobbin to open for you. <laughs> Maybe Neil yeah, yeah. drop in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave actually came to my gig um, on Wednesday night in Auckland, yeah. actually, stopped to watch. It was really, really oh, nice. Oh, cool. Um, but during that gig, actually, especially, made me really want to come back and tour. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that was a great gig. But I'd love to do a, a proper tour of New Zealand. I've never really done it um, with my own music. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Done, um, I've done sort of, you know, Auckland, Wellington... Christchurch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to come go and, and play an actual, some towns. Do yeah. an actual proper, like, yeah. like I'm doing with Dave right now. I'd yeah, love yeah. To, go go back to some of those places. An absolute dream. So, wow. so maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. man, best of luck with the album. I'm well, really looking been. forward to hearing it, and yeah. uh, and uh, and with everything else. You yeah. know, I, I sort of I <clears throat> have enjoyed following what you've done so far, and I think like. Um, that show you did in Moon the other year, I just went, wow, this guy's, something's going to happen. You know, oh, this guy's, you. this guy's got something that people are going to hear and dig and he's going to pursue it for, you know, a long time and it's going to evolve and get better and it's just going to blow people away and I, I very much feel that about you. So, oh, thanks, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing more and seeing more. My bones are drained, this atrophy has run my river dry And I've been dancing, I've been drinking with the birds You've been so patient with me, baby I guess you know how much this hurts When you lose what you had wanted, it's okay It's alright, just let the river